But what if we could love the way Jesus did? Passionately, faithfully, powerfully. What if the way we love could make a difference in the world around us? What if that love looked at everyone the way God does? A love which doesn't see the past, but is consumed by a desire to see people come to know Jesus. A love which is patient and kind, not envious or prideful. A love which puts others before ourselves, chooses peace over anger. A love which protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. Do we love like this? Do we love like Jesus? Maybe it's time to ask a simple question. How can we love better? All right, church. We're going to land this plane on this four-week series that we've been going through. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I was having second thoughts over there about bringing the message this morning because I was, uh, I know Bobby and Holly well enough. I was just going to say, you know what, just sing another song. We're going to communion. That's all we need this morning. Because listening to y'all worship was just, I'm telling you, it, it's just, and, and maybe I'm just emotional. I don't know. I got home about 11 o'clock last night, and uh, and I'll admit, it, it's, uh, it's been an emotional week for me. But something that's been so cool, I've, I've seen people loving on each other all week. And, and that's what, and I think the older I get, um, I got two boys who are firefighters, and they both will tell you, I actually tried to steer them away from it. Uh, they're smarter than I am, so they didn't have to just be a firefighter. Not that just being a firefighter is just anything. I know now why I came home and I always talked about, man, this is the greatest job in the world. It's because most of my career, I've been around people that loved on each other. Not touchy-feely guys or girls, but just they served. They loved on each other. And as I'm at the end of it and I'm watching my boys get into it, and, and, it's, and it's been a, an emotional roller coaster ride this week, and I realized, I was like, this is it. In everyday life, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So how do we love better? All right, we're going to try that one more time. I realize we haven't done it. This is the last week. This is like our memory tagline. How do we love better? Like Jesus. Like Jesus. He gives us that perfect example and kind of our bedrock verse, our memory verse, whatever you want to call it, John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another, and then the the thing that raised it above all, the thing that kind of trumps it and makes us go, whoa, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. They'll know who we are and who we belong to. All we got to do is love like Jesus. All we have to do is love like Jesus. He raised that bar. He loved so differently. He loved people in that society said, they're not supposed to be loved on. They're not supposed to even be allowed in a church setting, much less talk to them. He loved on everybody and he met everybody right where they are at. And that's what he calls us to do. So week one, y'all remember what your homework assignment was? You have value and you matter. 
Remember, we're supposed to go find somebody that week and say, hey, you have value and you matter. A couple of you come to me and said, I didn't like turning to the person beside me and saying you have value and you matter. Well, get over it because everybody has value and you matter. And then our second week, Jesus taught the Pharisees and us that we are not better than anybody else. We are to have mercy when it's time to have mercy. It doesn't matter who it is. We are to pull off those titles and pull off those whatever it is that society tries to put on it. And we are supposed to look at a person and love first and have mercy when we are supposed to have mercy. And then week three, it's hard for me. I think it was hard for some others. Jesus taught us to forgive. That's hard sometimes because you don't forget, do you? And sometimes that forgiveness and remember the rock, anybody take a wind out with your rock? Anybody throw it at your brother? Or your sister. Oh, I got one hand back there. She threw it. All right. And, you know, that rock takes so many different sides. And, and we've got to be able to let go. And in many cases, it's us forgiving ourselves. That young lady that I was talking about, I say young lady. I think she's my age. She's young. That young lady that i talking about, she said, Chris, just cry. She said it took her years to forgive herself and to realize that she was not the blame. We have to let it go sometimes. Now today, I'll be honest, I, I have been stressing over landing this plane and ending this message. Because we're going to simply talk about what Jesus did for us and that God is love. And the reason I've been stressing over it, it is the most beautiful, unimaginable love. And we get to be a part of that and it gets to be in us. And, and I, I don't want to mess it up. You all know, you've known me long enough, you know I make mistakes. You know that I am living proof that God calls sinners. And you know how bad I can flub it up. We've seen that. I, I miss my cue. I start to step out at the wrong time. And man, this is such a beautiful message. And then it kind of hit me. Man, all you got to do is talk about Jesus. Jesus has done it all. He has paid it all. He has shown us so much how to love and how powerful he is and how he loves us. But we live in a world that is a me first world, don't we? We live in a world that everything that, and I truly believe the evil one, he's, he's orchestrated much of it to distract us on the center thing that we're supposed to be doing. And that's loving we get so bent out of shape so quick. And why? Because we're all at a heightened state of readiness. And we don't even realize it. Everything in this world moves lightning fast. And for our young people, yesterday I, I was telling somebody, we were standing at a booth, and he said, hey, go to Facebook and look at so-and-so. Well, I don't do Facebook. I can find it, and I'll get there, and have to do a search, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Fifteen minutes later, this is why I don't do Facebook. I'm still there. 
I'm looking at that guy that I went to high school with how three years ago. I'm that guy that if I, I don't comment on Facebook anymore because I'll comment on something. Man, Johnny, that is awesome. I didn't realize Johnny posted three years ago. <laughs> Boy, Langham's a little slow, isn't he? But I get lost in it. And so what has Facebook done to me? It's distracted me. I'm standing in a circle of a group. I was literally standing in a circle of a group of people yesterday that I love dearly. And I'm going... It's a distraction. Now, look, if, if, if you do Facebook, and, and I truly believe that the technology we have today is part of what's helping us with the Great Commission. It is getting the word out to the ends of the earth like it's never been done before. But if you let it be a distraction, and if you let what society does to it, our young people look at it and they go, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I'm not pretty enough. Man, I... Man, I'll never look like that. Bunk on that. You are beautifully, how is it? Fearfully, beautifully and fearfully made. Help me out, Jessica. What is it? Thank you. And I told somebody, some of y'all up here on this front row that a few weeks ago. I don't know why I felt led to tell a couple of these girls that. I said it right then, didn't I? Yeah, maybe, kind of. Because you are, because you all have value and you matter. And this society wants to try to tell us that we don't matter and we don't have value. In the beginning, God, period. We can do a whole series on that. God is the creator in the beginning. There, there's no other explanation that makes sense. And, it, and that's what I love about people like C.S. Lewis and the gentleman I'm drawing a blank on who wrote that case for Christ. You know, I've read that book one time and gave it to a firefighter buddy who was very scientific. And, and he said, well, I think I believe in God, but that whole Jesus thing, I love it when scientists or investigative reporters go out to prove that Jesus doesn't exist. And if they really dive into it, they come up with no other explanation like, oh, my God. He is my Lord and my God. But see, they have to dive into that because society tries to put everything it can in front of that that we don't feel the love of Jesus. I mean, if we could multiply that, I mean, what if every one of us, and it became contagious, everything we did, you matter, you matter, you matter, love first in everything we do, what little ripple in that pond will that make? And people actually bite into it. If we truly lived in love like Jesus, and I'm talking about the world, not just you Greenwood Hills people and those that are visiting with us, it is world changing. We wouldn't have all of this craziness stuff and and then we try to make it so hard. I think God said, okay, I'm going to send my son Jesus, which is just uncomprehendable to me, if I'm honest. And Jesus came with one mission to save the world and the love on the world and to teach us how to love. It wasn't meant to be complicated. It was meant to be that simple. Love. Love God and love 
people. Trust in God. We make it so hard. Love God. Put your faith in him and love people the way that he loves all of us. God is love beyond human comprehension. The Apostle Paul speaks of this in his letter to the Ephesians. And we talked about this letter a few weeks ago or several weeks ago now. This is one of Paul's prison letters. And it's, and it's really amazing to me. He's in prison because of Christ. He's in prison because he's going out and spreading the gospel and sharing with other people. Some people didn't want to hear about the love of Christ. And he's in jail. And he's writing what's known as his love letter while he's in prison and talking about how awesome Jesus is. So I'm in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 16. I pray that his glorious riches, he, and he's talking about Jesus, may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, all comes back to love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. I guarantee you when Paul was penning this, he's like, that's not enough. How wide, how deep. That, how do I describe the love that Jesus has shown me? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It surpasses all understanding that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How can Paul, who's in prison, write these words that God's love surpasses all? You know, I, I listen to Andy Stanley from time to time and and when he talks about the Apostle Paul, he'll say, hey, if any of you's here today and you've been mad at Jesus, guess what? Paul was too. Paul hated everything about Jesus. He had a letter to go out and to take down Christ's followers of that day. And I hope you know the story where he came to him on the road to Damascus. But God filled his heart up with so much love. He showed him how much he loved him that he became one of the biggest champions of spreading the love of Christ. I was trying to kill Christ's followers, Paul says, and he loves me anyway. That surpasses all understanding. If we put our humanistic way of thinking on that, I, I joked about it last week talking about my baby girl when I was talking about forgiveness. You let somebody go after her? Well, guess what? I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness after I get done with you. I mean, I'll admit it. And I got other parents in here shaking your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't mess with my baby girl. My boys, take them. <laughs> I love you, Chase. <clears throat> Chase knows that's not true. Any of our kids. And you're shaking your head. That's what makes God's love so amazing. If you think about it, he sent his son with a command to love on us and eventually give the ultimate sacrifice. That's, that's as a father... That's why when Paul's pinning this, that he's, he's like, man, how 
wide and how long and how deep. And he's like, man, that's not good enough. It surpasses all understanding. That is the love that God has for all of us that he sent his son. And I've talked about that. We send our children off to be in the military. And in some cases, they go off to war. And man, we're praying every minute that they come back. God sent his son off to die. With that mission in mind, it, it's just mind-boggling. And Paul struggled every day because, you know what, I, I think he struggled with forgiveness for himself. You know, the whole martyr of Stephen, I don't have time to unpack it, but Paul was there holding the people's coats. Here, I'll hold your coat. Go ahead, throw a stone at him. Here, I'll hold your coat. Go throw a stone. He was there, the first martyr for Jesus. And I don't think that he ever truly, completely let that go. Because you see it in his writings from time to time. He talks about that thorn in his side. And he talks about, man, sometimes I do. I, I don't do what I know I should do. And I do what I know I shouldn't do. This is the apostle Paul. He struggles just like us. And that's why he says, and Jesus still loves me. And he still loves you. Just like that. You know, Jesus prayed for this. Jesus prayed for you. He prayed for all of us. And my next set of slides here is John, uh, starting at John 17, 20. And this is Jesus in prayer. My prayer is not for them alone, and he's talking about his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. And that's the very message we're talking about today. They're the ones that started taking it to the ends of the earth. They're the ones, that's the whole reason why we exist as a church, because of their message. That all of them, all of them, that's us, make it personal. All of them, he's talking about us sitting here today, may be one Father, just as you are in me, I am in you. This is Jesus talking. Remember that. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. He's given us the glory. Jesus has given us the glory that God himself gave him that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be taught or may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It's that same theme. Jesus is praying that we will know that love, and then we go out and we share it, and that's how they're going to know that we belong to him because of how we're loving we don't, I, I joke about it, and, and man, I hope you have a Jesus shirt. I got a Jesus shirt. Chase had the first Jesus shirt in our family. It started a whole movement one day at, at Bible school. Team Jesus. And that's awesome. Now, I will say, the last time I saw Team Jesus, he's standing there holding a, a, uh, a fish, and he's cut the sides out of it. And <laughs> Team Jesus, awesome. You know, so wherever that fishing picture is, that's Team Jesus. That's awesome. But it's not about the shirts we wear. It's not about the crosses we have around our neck or, or the cross I got hanging in my rearview mirror that my daughter gave me several years ago. It's how we love. 
That's how they know that we are his. And everybody we come in contact with, you matter, you matter, you matter, and we love you. That's how they are going to know that we are his. You know, how is this possible? How, how is it possible that we have Jesus in us? I don't know. There's not a single person that can explain that. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in all my being standing here right here in front of you. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. But how does the Holy Spirit do that? How does God transcend matter and all that? I don't know. But by faith, I believe it in all my heart. And by faith, I feel it. And I pray you feel it and know it too. I wasn't standing over here crying this morning because how awesome Bobby and Holly was singing. I was crying because of the words that they were singing and realizing that Holy Spirit welling up in me. Feeling it move. And I was feeling it move in this church. I truly believe that when we go out and we love that the Holy Spirit is right there with us. So in Philippians, and I'm starting in Philippians 2, starting at verse 5, and it's the Apostle Paul again. Again, I think his message is so powerful because of where he came from. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. We're talking about God. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You see, when you think about this, it's just mind-boggling. God of all the universe, the creator of everything. He could have came to this earth and done anything. He could have came to this earth and been a warrior king and said, you know what, I'm going to take over. He could have replaced something like happened in the day of Noah and said, all right, all the bad people, you line up over here, I'm taking you out. He said, all right, no. I'm going to come to this earth and I'm going to love on you so much it's going to change the world. And God set up this system that if there's a wrong, there has to be a just right, okay? There has to be something that atones for the thing that has happened that is wrong. Our sin has to be atoned for. Nothing unholy can be with the holy. So if we ever want to be with God, we have to be atoned for. We have to be cleansed. We can't do that ourselves. So he sent his son to fix it once and for all. It's just mind-blowing to me sometimes. And you know, anybody in here ever watch Undercover Boss? You ever watch that when it was coming out? I love that. I, I always, and, and, and when it was hitting, I was already a chief officer. Chase will tell me, man, why would you want to be a chief officer, Dad? I, I really, I don't know. Because I miss riding the fire truck every day, and I was like, man, I wish I could just go sneak on a fire truck and say, hey, I'm here to ride with you guys today and just kind of be that undercover boss and hang out. Jesus was the undercover God. 
He came to experience everything, tells us in his word that he experiences every temptation that we experience. He experiences all the pain that we experience. So he could take care of all of our sin when he died on that cross. It's just amazing how much he loved, for, loved us. And you know, when you think about that cross and you think about the, the horror of the moment in the moment, I had a pastor one time said, he said, you think about it, every pounding of that nail, that's one of my sins. And he took it. He willingly took it. And then he looks up to God and says, forgive them. The very people that was doing the hammering. Jessica asked me a few weeks ago, she said, Dad, if you lived back in Jesus' time, what do you think you would have done? I'm sorry, Jessica. I, I get like two weeks a year with you now, and I got to cram it all in. And She's going back to Wilmington this week. Uh, that's going to be hard. And I said, ah, I'd probably been a soldier. I said, you know, the Romans were the first firefighters. They had the first firefighters. I, I said, because I said, I'm definitely not Jewish. So I wouldn't have been in that circle. But if I was back then or even now, I don't know. Oh, I know I couldn't. Look at the very people that's getting ready to kill me for my innocence and go, God, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. Right at the last, he says, forgive the people that's harming me. That is crazy love. And many of those men that participated in that, I believe, came to Christ. I believe came to Christ. God simply loved. And the last slide I'm going to share with you today. And most of you know it. And see, this is the thing that kind of frustrates me about society too. And I think it's good. And I, and I pick on the Jesus shirts. And I got a Jesus shirt. For God so loved the world that gave, he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see it on bumper stickers. You see John 3, 16. And, and, and I think we, you know, non-Christians, you know, oh, God so loved the world. You know, they make, make fun of it. But if we truly capture what is in that, I think if I was going around and uh, poll the parents, hey, you think you could send your kid to do that? But God loved us that much that he did. It's just mind-blowing what God has done for us. So today, I am excited that we are going to share in communion together. It's the first time we've shared communion together. And remember what Jesus did on that cross for us. See, all this was happening, what he was talking about, and he was telling them, and they still didn't fully get it. He hadn't went to that cross yet. But we are to remember his sacrifice. Let me pray for us.
God, we love you. And we thank you for loving us. We thank you for this love story of the Holy Bible from start to finish that you have given us that is nothing but about love for us, to us, and about us. This whole book is about how amazing your love is for us. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. Thank you for this gift, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us when we didn't deserve it. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we transition to this table, you guys are going to take communion first. So if uh, those that I have asked to come join me, I am going to bless the elements. And so as a point of, as I'm folding this away, uh, housekeeping, um, my wife and, and daughter prepared these elements we have them in their individual cups the bread is an individual cup so nobody's handing you the bread and and they were my wife is very uh germ um aware so i promise you it's safer than what you're gonna eat at k&w this afternoon okay but it's also the body and blood of christ You know, it's just, it's the greatest love story that has ever been told. And, you know, there are movies out there and they talk about having eternal life and, and you know, finding the Holy Grail and living forever. You want to live forever? You put your trust in Jesus. And you're going to live forever in glory that we cannot even comprehend. Our God of grace and mercy, we thank you that you ever loved us and provided for our redemption. We thank you for your son who died to save us and for your spirit who invites us to draw near. Guide us now and we commemorate the suffering of our Lord. Help us to remember the cost of our salvation. Help us to commune with you and with each other. And so consecrate the bread and the cup for which you have prepared. That as we partake of them, we may receive the spiritual benefits of Christ's broken body and shed blood. In his name we pray. Amen. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread broke the bread and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given up for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
if you would, as you partake today, carry the cups with you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. It's the blood of Christ shed for you. It's the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. And the blood of Christ shed for you. Now, I don't remember who was doing what. So as we, yes, ma'am, if you could go on that side. So as you come forward in the Westland Church, we welcome everyone to Christ's table. And we just ask that you are in a right mind and you have asked for forgiveness of your sins and you recognize that Jesus has died for what we remember here today. So if we can, we'll come up. We'll have two lines. And uh, Ainsley, we come here with me. So take the bread, and then if you'll circle around and, and take the wine, and if you want to take it back to your seat and partake, if you need us to come to you, you let us know that. And so please ride. For power of all kings. Of all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all This world has ever known above all wealth and treasures of the earth. There's no way to measure what your worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone. Trip. 
in the bullpen and mad at me because I wasn't cutting my mic on. <laughs> Church, I love you. But that's not even a speck of how much God loves all of us. I hope you know that love today. If you don't know that love, I hope you're feeling that little nudge of the Holy Spirit. Because all you got to do is let go. All you got to do is say, Jesus, thank you. And he comes and indwells your heart. And it's something that maybe that's something we haven't captured. How do we explain what Jesus does for us? It's, it's unexplainable. So I hope you have a wonderful week. Those of you that are Christ followers, all the homework assignments we've had through this four-week series, put them all together, and I expect you to do them every day you go out there. You matter, you matter, you matter, you matter. You all have value, and we love every one of you. I pray that you have a wonderful week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen.